This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Bromley 1, Wrexham 0, Wrexham losing the FA Trophy final. Well, let's hope it's the last game we have to play in the FA Trophy, eh? That's the perspective we have to keep. A disappointing day in front of an astonishing uh, level of support. The fans were amazing and it was sad that the game didn't quite catch fire for Wrexham and small things went against us. I think maybe the best way to describe this is that the buzzword of the 2010s in British sport was marginal gains. The idea which the Team Sky cycling team really pioneered that if you get lots and lots of tiny details right they add up to an advantage. This felt a little bit to me like marginal losses. We played poorly at Dagenham, we made changes and I don't know, it felt a little bit like there was just a little incremental slips from what we do best and those small alterations had an impact. We made two changes. So, interestingly, on the right was Liam McAlinden. So, Bryce Rosanna wasn't the fit. Reese Hall Johnson was left on the bench. McAlinden chosen as our right wing back position he doesn't usually play in. And then also, we brought in Tom O'Connor for Tyler French as a left sided centre back. Now, he's perfectly capable of playing left sided centre back O'Connor. He's certainly going to be good at bringing the ball out from the back. Um, but that meant Clueth moving to the right. And that meant that Clueth didn't go forwards maybe with quite the same confidence. And also, that, that well-grooved partnership he's worked with McFadgen uh, was gone. And instead, we had O'Connor playing with McFadgen outside him for the first time. And we had Clueth playing with McLinden outside him for the first time. And maybe that just knocked us slightly off kilter when it came to building attacks. The truth is, though, and I've I've, I've got to make this clear, we we, we judge games on results, don't we? We look at the results and we look back and we justify what happened. And and that's natural, that's normal, because the result's what matters. But until early in the second half and Bromley actually started to force Dibble into saves, I felt okay. We weren't playing at our usual capacity, but we were the better side. We were making more half chances, and I had the gut feeling it was one of those games where you, you know, at some point we'll nick a goal, we'll win it one nil. But when Bromley started to open us up, that was that was a problem. That was where that comfortable feeling went. Soon they'd scored, and we just couldn't get the equaliser. We started well, to be fair. Bromley were, were trying to step out and meet us and, and put us under a bit of pressure, and that meant that we could hit Palmer and Mullin early and they were able to isolate defenders and cause them problems and in the first 10 minutes they did that twice firstly a lovely piece of play by Palmer to help the ball on Mullen broke down a left hand side pulled the ball back for Palmer who met it on the penalty spot and struck it well an excellent block stopping us from gaining an early goal and in the 8th minute another promising little moment a free kick for Bromley put into the edge of the area Clueth headed it away firmly McFadden with an excellent ball down the left hand side finding Mullen who was up against two defenders but beat one and was running at the last defender and Bird did it brilliantly to get a foot across and just bush why did I say Bird um, to get across and make a sort of unorthodox tackle because Mullen I think managed to 
given the eyes and shift it the other way and was nearly one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. But Bush managed to leave a trailing leg which blocked the ball as, as Mullen tried to burst past him. So two big moments in the opening 10 minutes. And we continue to be decide making the tempo. But I think Bromley decided, OK, we're open here. We're leaving two-on-two, two-on-three, one-on-two. And Mullen and Palmer are good enough to beat a man and put us in difficulty. They started to drop off a little bit and hit us more on the break. And that was a game plan that basically won them the trophy. Still, we did have some moments. McAlinden playing a good ball down the right-hand side this time for Mullen, whose movement was excellent. He carried it forward, squared it to Davis. It was a great chance, 15 yards out, running onto it. He had to hit it first time, and was a defender trying to make a block in front of him, maybe distracting him. He struck it pretty well, but straight at the keeper, a, a real chance. As the half-hour approached, still no real danger in Wrexham's area. Wrexham had to shout for a penalty, which I've got to say I don't think was a penalty. McAlinden feeding the ball in a tight area on the right channel to Davis, who skipped past one man well. There was some contact which knocked him off balance, but I didn't think a foul. And then as he stumbles, there was more contact from Forster, who ran across into the side of him. He, he did run into him. He did have no real scope to win the ball. I don't think that's a foul. Davis already on the way down and the sort of half-hearted penalty shouts were turned away and then Bromley went up the other end and looked very dangerous as Coulson went surging through the middle to be denied by an excellent covering tackle by Luke Young who carried, covered a lot of ground to get back and meet the challenge on the edge of his area. And then it was back to Wrexham trying to cause some problems. The, the half in its closing stages, McFadgen with a good switch, Mullen picking it up on the right channel, driving dangerously, a really promising situation. Hit his shot, defender just got a bit of a deflection on it, and that took the pace off it, though, and made it a simple save for Balcom. Like I say, Wrexham were the better side, but you could see that Bromley had something on the break, even though they were, didn't really carve anything out in the first half. So it was tight. And it was, a, it was an awkward game for us. You just wondered if Parkinson might be able to do what he's done very often in this half, seems to me, which is after a, a sloppy first half, get the players in and basically say, OK, let's remind ourselves of the principles of play that we're working on. Let's remind ourselves of what the game plan is and let's execute it better. Um, and it certainly looked that way because for the first 10 minutes of the second half, Wrexham really came out quicker. The tempo had been too slow in the first half. The tempo was a bit quicker. We moved the ball around a bit more sharply and we started to put Bromley under some intense pressure. Toza hurled in a long throw from the right. Davis attacking it at the far post, couldn't control his header and put it wide. Mullen driving into the left channel and squeezing the ball across the six-yard box. Palmer couldn't quite reach it and when he tried to keep it alive was penalised very harshly for a challenge on Forster. And then, uh, wonderful from that free kick, a wonderful effort by Mullen. Oh my word, he brought the house down. It was uh, Balcom took the free kick out by the corner flag, drove it into the centre circle, Young won it well and found Mullen immediately. And Mullen, knowing that Balcom was still trying to scramble back into his goal mouth, struck it from about 45 yards with the outside of his, his foot. A glorious hit. And he nearly got it on target. It, it was the bounce of the ball that made it skip over. Balcom had got back into position and was able to jump and watch it soar over the bar, but you, you never quite know when you're scurrying back like that. It was a, a good effort by him. So at that point, you're thinking, yeah, OK, we're all right here. We've, we've started to get a bit more of a grip. We're starting to threaten more. At that point, 
I would I would have made us decent favourites. But then things started to change. Bromley's breaks started to work. We would we would pen them in, we'd have good possession in their half, but then they'd punch back and strike. Uh, the, the moment of danger started in the 57th minute when the ball was fed in, Cheek driving to the edge of the area, smashed the ball in, really good parry by Dibble, dropping to his right and pushing the ball back out again. And within a minute, Dibble was tested by Cheek again. This was a lovely ball down the left-hand side for him to run into the channel. And it was, I mean, he's a good player, Cheek. And I, I love the way that he handled this, where he just let the ball roll without taking a touch round the outside of him he, he judged the pace of it perfectly and then from the left channel about 10 yards out smashed it with real power but dibble again had stood firm at his near post and made a good strong wristed parry from the corner there was a a, a strange little incident omar shabumni had to come off at the end of the first half after what looked like a nasty injury to his arm and on came joe partington the ball was bouncing around from the corner. Jordan Davis attacked it and headed it clear. Partington jumped with him and caught him in the face. Davis went down. No foul was given. And I'm not saying it was deliberate. And I'm not saying I think it was a red card. But upon looking at it again, Partington swings his arm at him with his elbow bent and hits him on the chin with the point of his arm quite hard. Um, the sort of challenge, and I've said this a few times, if you have VAR... They might be looking at that and saying, we're showing a red for this. I'm not convinced it was a red, but it was a significant moment. Wrexham did have one more chance, and there's a decent chance as well. Good pressure again by Wrexham. Jones had a shot, which was blocked. When the ball came back out to him, Young was attacking it and looked like he was going to launch a shot from 20 yards. But Jones got there first and fed a quick ball out to the left. McFadgen popped it down the channel. Mullen running in that left channel, set himself, drilled it hard and hit the side netting. The crowd were all up. They thought he'd scored, but he hadn't. But four minutes later, Bromley had again a, a really sharp breakaway. Uh, th their transitions were good. You know, they were bypassing midfield, but feeding passes through. The thing is, they played a similar shape to us. But Whiteley, Corey Whiteley, who is a good player at this level and has normally played as a wing-back from this season, as their little surprise package, they played him behind the front two. And the quality of service to him was very good. So they'd sort of bypass midfield, but I'm not saying hump it long. Whiteley was, throughout the game, a massive threat because he was really doing a good job getting between the lines, finding space and making himself available. And Coulson, the one change in their last match, coming in at wing-back, to replace him was hitting some really nice passes so i say bypassing the midfield spotting um whiteley in, in space whiteley had looked threatening but not quite managed to punish us before then he had a couple of good runs to the edge of the area and then he ran out of steam he had a couple of long range shots blocked but on this occasion lovely ball down that right channel whiteley bursting into the area one-on-one -on -one. dibble had to come out to narrow the angle and whiteley very alert played a perfectly weighted square ball to Cheek. Now, it's an easy chance for Cheek, but the way he finished it again just showed his quality. The defender in his way just stepped up and swept it into the top corner beautifully before there was any danger of anyone intervening. And Bromley had the lead, and as we wobbled, 
We could have gone two down. Coulson again doing well, sweeping the ball into the box. Cheek getting up between two defenders and heading it on target. Stibble able to make the save. And then another dangerous burst down the right-hand side. Wankley driving the ball into the goal mouth. Cheek attacking it and Dibble managing to get down and push the ball away to safety. Wrexham were starting to, to toil a little bit, although with just over a quarter of an hour left came an opportunity which on looking at the replay, it was a bit better than maybe I thought initially. A nice build-up down the right, releasing Jordan Davis. He cut into the box and drove the ball powerfully across the face of goal. Nobody able to get a touch on it. I have to confess that on first look, I thought that it was just one of those where you drive it across, nobody's in there, and that's life. Oh, having looked at the replay, though, oh, Ollie Palmer is on the edge of the six-yard box in the perfect position to attack the near post. And if he had have done... He'd have had a tap in. But sadly, and understandably, I'm not saying, I'm not blaming him, he also thought, Jordan, if Jordan pulls it back, I score. And so just as Jordan was pulling his foot back, Palmer stepped off a step and was unmarked about seven yards out. But Davis was already in the act of hitting it, didn't see it, and put it across. If Palmer had just attacked him, the opposed, I think that was the equaliser. Wrexham immediately made a double change to try and alter things around, so he switched to a back four. Dan Jarvis came on for Tom O'Connor and Hall Johnson came on for McAlinden. And Hall Johnson was sparky straight away down the right-hand side and Jarvis was drifting around and getting into interesting positions. In fact, as the game was entering the last 10 minutes, he did have a shot on goal. The ball pulled back to him from the left-hand side and he drove it from about 15 yards out, but a defender lunged to try and block and then trying to lift the ball over him. He couldn't keep it down. Then we brought on Jake Hyde up front as well in an attempt to really go for it. Luke Young came off and we had a situation of Palmer and Hyde up front, Mullen behind them and Jarvis in the midfield free. And goodness me, we came so close and added time. It was so cruel. Mullen deserves a lot of credit throughout the game. And in that free roll, oh, he was just hunting down everything, trying to find, uh, trying to make something happen. And he started to really deliver. But it was Jake Hyde, bless him, who would be the centre of three incidents in added time. Um, all season, I mean, he's had a frustrating first season, obviously with injury. And also when he's been playing, he's been getting into great positions and his finishing has been off. And on this occasion, well, 92nd minute, Tozer causing a problem, hurling in a long throw. Hyde managing to get up from a touch on and meeting the ball about three yards out and meeting it pretty well, as to be fair. Balcom making the most remarkable save. It looked to be past him. He arched his back and clawed it off the line and over the bar. An unbelievable save. Wrexham kept the pressure on from the corner. James Jones picking her up on the right, ripping the ball in. Hyde with a tap in. Got his feet all mixed up and put it well wide from inside the six-yard box central. It's a great chance. A heck of a great chance. I've got to say, he's offside. But I've also got to say, the linesman doesn't appear to flag for that. He just appears to flag for a goal kick. So I think we'd have got a lucky one there. And then we didn't get a lucky one when, once again, we made a chance. Mullen on the right, ripping in a, a smashing cross. Hyde at the near post. Ducked under it. Balcom couldn't hold on to it, was unsighted, bounced off him and Hyde did really well to improvise a diving header into the net from a tight angle. But when he ducked under it, he was offside. And there's no question he was interfering. He ducked under it and that made Balcom miss it. Wrexham kept trying to work 
I've got to say the ref added seven minutes on. There were huge spells in the second half when no football was played due to a series of different incidents, including worryingly one, a medical emergency in the Wrexham ends, which thankfully it appears has had a happy conclusion. But there were also a lot of stoppages for injuries and substitutions uh, between that the sort of 70th and 80th minute or 85th minute. Very little football was played, so the ref could have added more than seven minutes on. And to be honest, that would have helped Traxon because we were suddenly making lots of chances of those two big target men. But it wasn't to be, and Wrexham were denied. Frustrating, but the, the bigger game lies beyond. If we get promoted, we won't be too stressed about this. Performances, well, the outstanding performance for me was Clueth. Although he couldn't get forwards as effectively as normal, he did try to. And defensively, he was terrific in the air. He did really well. He was rock solid when people were running at him. Uh, I thought Clueth had an absolutely terrific game. Dibble, probably my other man of the match contender, because he did make a string of good saves in the middle of the second half too. The other centre-backs, O'Connor did fine. I mean, early on, he had a problem almost immediately because Al Hamadi, the, the other Bromley striker apart from Cheek, got a run at him and immediately established he was quicker than O'Connor. So you wondered whether that might be an issue. However, O'Connor recovered very well from that, and Ahmadi didn't get past him again. Uh, O'Connor certainly showing that you can play him at centre back. Sometimes he was, you know, shrewd to the point of giving a foul away the way he handled Ahmadi and stopped him from bursting past him. But hey, he didn't give the fouls away, so he was perfectly solid. I must admit, I wondered whether when we started making the changes, we might keep O'Connor on and push him into midfield because his range of passing was good and he might have been able to just ping something in for Mullen. Um, but we didn't go that way. Uh, Toza uh, made a few mistakes passing the ball out from the back in the first half, but was generally sound and was really trying to drive the team forwards. The wing-back, so I feel sorry for McLinden. I mean, obviously, if you pick McLinden to start as a wing-back, you are using him to really get at the opposition. And I'm afraid he didn't get past his man... I recall he played a couple of neat little passes inside but he didn't really use his pace he didn't really get at people or beat them and um, which was a shame for him on the other side McFadden again was good you know he broke forwards well he got some good balls into the box he was feeding players in dangerous areas he was making those nice little give and goes um, the problem was that O'Connor is not used to playing with him and O'Connor wasn't taking on the mantle that Clueth does where he drives past McFadden sometimes or underlaps or overlaps him. And that's understandable. But I thought McFadden had a good game. Centre mids, well, I think maybe the best way to sum up how it went for us uh, is that I'd say Jones was comfortably the best of the three. And that's indicative of the fact that you know Young and Davis are the ones more likely to hit a creative pass and they just didn't they struggled to get the chance to really do that uh, they both showed terrific industry as always but that, that that killer pass that they're capable of wasn't really there and so it was jones whose industry as always was terrific he was probably the, the best pick out of the three and then up front i felt very sorry for palmer and mullen in the early stages they really looked like they could, they could tear the bromley defenders apart if they isolated them and they precipitated that that Bromley switched to a lower block and accurate passing out fast to the forwards, which ultimately won Bromley the game. Once that happened, it was harder to feed them. Those early balls for them became more long balls and they were scrapping for things. 
and Palmer drifted out of the game a little bit, but I don't really blame him. It was about the service he was getting. And Mullen, well, I mean, fair play to him. I said a clue of double stood house. Well, I mean, Mullen, maybe you should put him in that category because he worked so hard. He looked threatening all the time. And when he had that free roll, he was drifting everywhere and trying to find space and trying to find the killer ball. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit. Paul Johnson was lively when he came on. Jarvis uh, looked decent as well, to be fair to him. And then Hyde, of course, had that strange game where he could have been the hero, got into the great positions, but just couldn't finish them off. But at least he got into those positions and made them into chances. So it's a shame. It's a shame. But hopefully, in a fortnight, we'll get to go down to London and have a much happier time. With a final score of Wrexham nil Bromley 1. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Rexham AFC media team.